It is Wednesday, September 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy who tested positive for malt, hops, and yeast, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. Well, what a trio. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. We'll get to Bucky Brooks and John Ozier coming up. And we've got a program for you today, the opening day of real practice going into the first week of the season. Colts-Jaguars preview coming up on kickoff weekend. The debut for this new-look Jaguars offense, as we've said on this program and many others. We don't have an idea of what it could look like, but we don't really know. We'll hear from Gardner Minshew, though, on on the veteran part of that group, the offensive line. Uniform unveiling, that happens every Wednesday. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, will join us virtually and uh, give us an idea of how the offseason has gone in that department and what the Jags will be wearing. We're going to debut the game called Big Game Jaguar. And as you might imagine, we're going to pick the Jaguars that will have a big game. Real original name for this segment coming up later. We'll go around the league as well. Bucky Brooks in Los Angeles. Good afternoon. What's happening? Man, it's all good. Really excited. First week of games taking place this weekend, so let's get after it. Yeah, kickoff weekend is here, John, at long last. We're going to tee it up until we meet Leather on Sunday at 1 o'clock, John. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited about Big Game Wednesday. I mean, I, I, I can tell you put some time into that one, JP, and I appreciate you and the boys back at the studio. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, you know, we're going to move it towards the end of the show so, to build some anticipation for, for that oh, it's, segment. It's there. It's, it's big. there. It's big. It's big. So uh, glad you're along with us today. Um, let's uh, start off with the injury report today. The first injury report of the uh, regular season put out. Divino Zigbo is on there with a hamstring, did not practice today. Tyler Davis with a knee issue. And Tyler Eifert had a scheduled day off. So... I, we'll see, obviously, how the rest of the week goes, Bucky. But when one of your three running backs is uh, did not practice going into the week, um, that's a, a little bit concerning on Wednesday. Yeah, no, that's a huge concern because Wednesday's the, the the work day. When you think about the way most NFL teams practice, Wednesday is the heavy day. It's the first day of your game plan. You're thinking about first and second down run packages. So that is where you really need all of your running backs available because that is the bulk of the game plan. When we get to Thursday and Friday, it becomes third down, red zone situations. It is a huge loss that he's not there, but it really is going to put the onus on Chris Thompson to be able to be ready to play and maybe play an even bigger role than we thought going into the year. What do you think about this one, John, the first injury report? Well, it uh, obviously you'd rather have it be limited or not at all with his ego. Uh, it certainly means James Robinson. You sort of thought that might be a 60-40 split with the base carries between he and Robinson. Uh, or, you know, between he and Zigbo. You know, the Jaguars love James Robinson. They put a lot of stock into him. It also may mean eventually later in the week Nathan Cottrell, you know, I think he's protected, so it might mean something with him. It's, uh, it's not ideal, but James Robinson, he's going to get his opportunities, and I think Bucky's right. It will mean a more expanded role in the base stuff for Chris Thompson, maybe, than originally thought. I'm curious. I mean, this is 
we, we heard again today from, from Doug Marone and Jay Gruden uh, about Robinson and the faith they have in him and his mindset coming in here and kind of just goes about his business. And we've talked about it on these shows already, Bucky, but he's the first straight running back on the depth chart, at least. Now, in reality, that might not be the case come game day. You know, he might be the first guy out there, but uh, that's pretty remarkable to have an undrafted running back as your possible opening day starter. It's unbelievable, particularly in this uh, set of circumstances. Uh, you, you don't have an opportunity to see him play in a preseason game, so we can only speculate what he is going to be like, not only as a runner, but in pass protection. So much of what running backs need to be able to do is they need to be able to double read and make sure they pick up the right guy when it comes to who is the additional blitzer so they can protect the quarterback. And so to task a young player, an undrafted player, uh, with that, Man, that is that is a lot. That means he must have really been very impressive during the virtual offseason. And when they got him onto the field, he had to show people that he could take it from the board to the field and do it very, very quickly and efficiently. Yeah, we'll see. Coming up this Sunday, what they have in mind at the running back position. Uh, we'll get into the offense a little bit more coming up. We'll hear from Gardner Minshew um, and he'll discuss that offensive line, the veteran group up front and and their mindset going into the season. But let's start with the Jags' defense against a Colts offense this week. Guys, obviously, they, they ran the ball well last year, John, anyway. And then you throw in Phillip Rivers on top of everything, and they have a great offensive line, a very well-paid offensive line, by the way. So this offense is formidable, to say the least. They can really, really move the ball. Bucky, the, uh, we were talking yeah, about the Colts hey, offense. Here, JP, you talk about that offensive line. They are very formidable. When you think about Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson inside being able to control the point of attack, uh, Braden Smith and Casanzo being solid on the edges, make no mistake about it, despite Phillip Rivers' arrival, Frank Wright wants to run the football, and it starts up front. You're talking about one of the best offensive lines in football. They want to set the tone with the big boys up front. It's a lot of money going out, Bucky, on, that, on the front five for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, those guys, they, they just signed the center to an extension, really from the center to the left guard to the left tackle, uh, and even the right guard. That's a lot of money going out. And then you have a second-round pick at right tackle. It is, uh, it's got to be among the best in the league, right? I mean, absolutely, it's one of the best in the league. When you look at the uh, things that they've been able to do, like Chris Ballard, the general manager, has been able to flip the offensive line. You talk about those picks, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith come in. Very, very quickly, they've been able to establish themselves as one of the top uh, offensive lines. And because that unit is so dominant at the point of attack, they're able to run the ball, and it doesn't matter who is in the backfield. With Marlon Mack and now Jonathan Taylor coming over, they can hit you with a one-two punch and really play old-school big-boy football, which is what Frank Wright also wants to do at times. Yeah, and, and then protect, obviously, the, the veteran quarterback. John, uh, I'm not sure if you're with us or not, but uh, the um, can you imagine if Andrew Luck would have had an offensive line like this in his early days? Well, and that's the great irony of this team. It's, uh, it, it, it's a team that really shows you how important the quarterback position is. For From 2012 to 2017-ish, 18-ish, they were a playoff contender every year. 
because of Andrew Luck, most people would say the roster was okay, not great. Now that's sort of flipped, where most people think it's a very, very good roster, with the missing piece being a quarterback that we think will be good in Phillip Rivers, but not, aren't sure. I think Bucky said it best a couple minutes ago. This is not a Phillips, a Phillip Rivers-driven team. This is a team that wants to play ground and pound. They want to run. So I think average NFL observer not paying great attention just sees Phillip Rivers. Think this is a throw it all over your throw it all over the yard team. It's not at all. It will rise and fall on their running game with Rivers needing to make a few big plays on top of that. So uh, they look awfully good as long as he's 2018 Phillip Rivers and not 2019. Yeah, they, they had some struggles last year for sure. He's getting beat up a little bit too out in Los Angeles. Um, so obviously the, the big point of emphasis for the Jaguars defense this whole offseason has been to stop the run uh, more efficiently. They did not do that last season. We've been through all the changes in the offseason, the opt-outs, the retirements early in training camp. So this is the defense they're uh, going to go play with, Bucky, and they've got some new faces in the interior there. Um, a guy like Jernigan who will contribute. Avery Jones is still around. He's been here for a long time, eight years in the league now. And you got a new middle linebacker, too, and Joe Schobert. So um, Josh Allen really has to play that run, too. And, and they've talked about the strength of Chase on at times, but they, they really want him as a pass rusher if they can. But you have to get to pass rushing downs, and it starts with first and second down. And this is going to be the – you'll find out real quick if the Jaguars' defense is – has patched up the run game this year. Yeah, that'll be the biggest part of the game, especially early. Can the Jaguars hold up against a physical running game? Everyone knows that the Jaguars struggled against the run a season ago. So the first thing that you do as an offense coordinator, you want to test and see if they have solved the issues. And if they haven't resolved the issues, they can get a heavy dosage of the run. So you, you pointed to that interior triangle, uh, Arby Jones, Taven Bryant, uh, Joe Schobert, the, the Mike linebacker, those defensive tackles and Mike linebacker, they have to dominate the tackle to tackle box so they can get to the right, so they can get the third down and have the right to rush the passer. But the first two downs, it is all about the toughness and being able to stop the run. If they stop the run, they have a chance. But if they are leaky, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a long day. John, what did you, uh, when we heard from Todd Wash? Um, when was that? Earlier this week, I suppose, when he spoke for, and he'll speak again, that was last week, he'll speak again coming up later this week. That's obviously going to be a talking point for Todd again this week is, is how do you slow this ground game down? And he's known from the start, this is what they have to do this whole offseason. Well, I think it'll be a major talking point until they show they're better at it. And I, I don't expect miracles up front this year, meaning I don't think all of a sudden they're going to be a dominant, dominant run-stopping team. But what I do think they can improve on, I mean, and I think they'll have a little bit of the same issue they had last year, which was more wearing down than being awful all season. They sort of broke down in mid-season when some of those guys wore out. They had just played too many snaps. But I do think they will be better in one regard. I don't think you'll see as many breakout plays against them. Remember, I mean, there were games last year, Carolina, where it seemed uh, Christian McCaffrey still running. There were a few games like that where they had the breakout plays. I think Joe Schobert and moving Miles Jack, and I think getting Josh Jones in there, and frankly, not having Ronnie Harrison is not going to hurt that. A lot of missed assignments last year in the middle because Miles was covering up for people. 
I think if they get that settled down and just don't allow the breakout runs, how, how about this? Your breakout play, your bad play, be eight yards instead of 70. That would help dramatically in improving the run game to an acceptable level. Are they going to be dominant without Al Woods, without Marcel Darius in his prime, all that stuff? I don't think so, but they can get better to where it's not losing them games outright. Yeah, that did feel like the, the case a lot. Those big breakaway runs really turned the game, Bucky, a, a lot of times in last season for this defense. Yeah, you can't give up the explosives. Uh, explosive runs, explosive passes. Uh, that is the name of the game when it comes to defense. And you talked about the Jaguars wanting to get back to being a dominant unit where the easiest way to get back to doing that is simplify things so everyone knows exactly what they're doing. John alluded to some of the coverage busts, the mental mistakes, the errors that are not even physical errors that led to big plays. Well, let's eliminate those things. Make sure that everyone understands exactly what they're doing. Should, it may be a smaller package of defensive calls this week just because of the preseason and where we're at. Well, if it's a small package, the players should know it. They should be able to run fast. They have to run fast to the ball, and they have to tackle. Those are the biggest things early in the season. Will everyone hustle? And can you make the open field tackle? If they can do those things, they can play pretty good run defense. Oh, yeah. That, that we'll find out quick if, if uh, <laughs> which teams in this league have been going through tackling drills and which teams have not, I think, on, on kickoff weekend. Uh, we are just getting started. We'll come back and get on to the offensive side. We'll hear from Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew discussing the Jaguars veteran offensive line and what they want to prove this year. And, of course, game day is – Right around the corner, we can't wait to be Duve all together again. The Jags are taking every precaution to keep fans safe at TIAA Bank Field this fall. From cashless concessions to contactless entry, visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more. And tickets are available in pods for this week and all games in the regular season. Visit jaguars.com tickets for more information. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe and ensure we can be Duval together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. 
Yeah, no, they absolutely have a chip on their shoulder. I, you know, I think those guys, you know, maybe more than anybody on the team, uh, when something goes wrong, they, you know, it, it hurts them. You know, they, they don't want to mess up because they know that's putting somebody else in danger. Um, and I, one of the biggest things I'm proud of is how they've come together. I think as a unit, they've really grown and they've grown close. Their communication is really tight. Uh, it's really good. And I think they all have a lot of belief in each other um, that they're going to be able to get the job done. And I know everybody else on the team has that belief as well. Gardner Minshew talking after practice today. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Wednesday. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. Glad you're along with us today on Jaguars social channels. Uh, the Jaguars have launched an organization-wide commitment to voter education organized by players and coaches and designed to encourage fans to get in the game with a call for civic engagement. The Jags are calling for fans in Florida to register to vote by the October 5th deadline. Visit jaguars.com vote as a resource for voter registration and key deadlines. You know, the, we can talk about, and we have, and we will, I'm sure at some point, the, all the playmakers that could be on this Jaguars offense, from Chark to Eifert to uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, just leaving a bunch of guys out, obviously, uh, running back by committee. Um, you've got Gardner Minshew who has to trigger all that. But real, I, I think Bucky the and John, I think you and I on the practice field today talked about this for a moment as we watched the offensive line. It really starts there with the veteran five guys up front. They're all back from last year, Bucky. And if those guys are playing well, then it sets up everything else on the offense for, for Jay Gruden. It absolutely sets up everything. The offensive line is where it has to be done. We've had plenty of conversations throughout the offseason about Cam Robson and is Cam ready. And I think he is the one that really makes it go. Thinking about your left tackle, the guy that is your blindside protector, if he is able to hold up in one-on-ones and give Garner Minshew opportunities to throw without being under pressure, that helps. But really, it's about the running game. And I know we don't anticipate the Jaguars having a bell cow runner. They're going to spread the carries out. But the best thing that they can do to help the offensive line is find a way to run the ball. The offensive line is always better when it's going forward as opposed to backpedaling. If they can run the ball at the point of attack, Andrew Norville, A.J. Can, those guys, it gives them an opportunity to dictate the terms. That makes the conditions favorable for Garner Minshew to have success. John, a lot of veteran presence, especially in the middle of that offensive line, guards and the center. Yeah, and it strikes me, JP, that maybe this is where there's the biggest disconnect between the fans and the team. Meaning when fans say, oh, they're tanking, what are they doing? Um, how could, you know, fans believe that Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell are absolutely lying to them. They think that Dave and Doug think this team's going to be terrible. And I don't get that impression from talking to them. And I think the biggest reason why they've invested in this offensive line as a team, seventh year Norwell, seventh year Linder, sixth year Cam, fourth year uh, Cam Robinson. For this team, that's a really veteran line. And if you wanted to tank, you'd have cut Linder. If you wanted to tank, mm -hmm. you'd have cut Norwell. They could have cut those guys. So that's where they believe that they're a good NFL team. You know, most teams that are horrible have horrible offensive lines because they, they can't protect the quarterback, there's fumbles, it's a mess, you can't control anything on, on offense. If they're right and the offensive line makes the jump and is a solid unit and acknowledges really, really good, 
then maybe they can function offensively enough to be a legitimate contending team. That's where they're, you know, that's what they're hanging their hats on. And fans don't get that because of this widespread belief that the offensive line's terrible. Whoever's right on that may be the key to figuring out where this season's going. Yeah, uh, you know, no John, doubt about that. John, and when you, we'll see. John talked ahead, about Bucky. that offensive line. JP, is really important that we understand there's a part of that, that interior line that is very experienced. Being able to control the point of attack is so critical. If they can run the ball, slow the game down, limit the possessions, I think that's the way that they have to play. They want the game to have fewer possessions, not more possessions, given the firepower and some of the defensive struggles. Now, the thing so is, if they have uh, to be right. Begins. That's right. That's right. I mean, they, they, they better be right. Because it's struggled <laughs> at times in the past. I get why fans are skeptical, but that's their thought. We'll see. Um, that's, that's where it begins. And then, of course, Gardner Minshew uh, has to deal the cards the right way once the ball is snapped. And, you know, and, and he, boy, he said it last week when, or when, when he spoke last that um, – I, I liked his approach on it. You know, if we're tanking, then if, if that stuff is happening, then I'm out of a job, Dave's out of a job, <laughs> Doug's out of a job. He kind of threw it out there, which is kind of his style and how it works. So there, there certainly is already pressure on Gardner, but um, in this new offense, if he can get it out, if he can get it to some of these guys outside, Bucky, it feels like they've got some playmakers if they could just get the ball in their hands out there. Yeah, I think the way that you described Garner Minshew is the best way for him to play. He needs to be a Vegas card dealer. He has to distribute the ball to a ton of people, stretch the defense horizontally before he attacks vertically. We know about DJ Chark. We're hopeful that Tyler Eifert can be a guy that can control the middle of the field. Chris Thompson is a legitimate threat out of the backfield. How does Garner Minshew use the players that he has around him? Uh, I would like to see him use everybody. Because the more people that he can get involved and get involved in the game early, the more the defense has to spread. And that gives your playmakers, your number one guys, DJ Chark, Eifert, Thompson, gives them opportunities to have work because they'll face one-on-one coverage. We all know, John, about Chark, and he spoke today as well. But, you know, there's the there's rest of this wide receiver room that we've talked about all camp is uh, one of the – deepest position groups on this team. I mean, they've got guys who've been around for a little bit, and Conley and, and Keelan Cole, who's still around. Dede mm-hmm. Westbrook is actually down the depth chart a little bit, John, but that kind of tells you how deep this group is, it seems like. It is, and I think that's another spot where maybe national people who really think the Jaguars are going to be number 32 and all that stuff, and I get why they think that. But the receivers, when you look at them nationally, all there is is chart. Meaning, you look at it, you know he made the Pro Bowl. And when you look at the other guys, Chris Conley, very good, but probably not spectacular. And they don't know yet about Chenault and Johnson. Um, I'm really curious to see this weekend how they use Chenault. It's funny, JP, you were at training camp practice. For the first week and a half, it's all we talked about was Chenault. And then didn't really talk about him a whole lot. And it's almost like he's been forgotten a little bit among like Jaguars, Twitter, and everything. How he played, if he can be an impact guy immediately, which I think it's tough to do as a wide receiver, but that's a little bit of an element there that I don't think people are factoring in to maybe it makes the Jaguars' offense better this year. DJ Chark talked about a lot. 
DJ expects to be doubled and framed and, you know, I mean, uh, bracketed. He said today, that's where he's told Chenault, that's when you've got to shine. That's your opportunity. If those two can help each other and Eifert steps in, all of a sudden you've got some weapons, frankly, a lot better than the Jaguars have had at those spots in a long time. That makes it interesting moving into this weekend. Yeah, that's tough, Bucky, for especially a wide receiver to, to jump in right away and and make, we saw Chark had some issues with that as a rookie. You know, he's a great special teams player, but had some drop issues early in his career. And then obviously the second year uh, really took off. Sometimes it just takes a little time in this league, especially at that position. Yeah, it can take a little bit of time for, for wide receivers. And part of that is because they all are coming into the National Football League out of the spread offense. And when you think about the spread offense, it's not just the routes that they were asked to run, but some of these guys have never heard plays verbally given to them. They're so used to look at the sideline and read the, the signs and the placards or whatever signals the, the coach is given that it takes them a while to really acclimate to the, the NFL in the way that you play. Now, that said, DJ Chark is a veteran, young veteran. Uh, you have Chris Conley, who's a young veteran. If Chenault can give them anything, and I think hopefully Jay Gruden has this, a handful of plays to just get Chenault the ball, allow him to make a play as he's young and still figuring it out, his athleticism and his run-after-catch skills pop off the tape when you look at him at Colorado. They just have to find a way to put the, hand, the ball in his hands and let him get out the way and let him do what he does. Yeah, I wonder how much is too much, though. And We haven't really had a chance to visit with LaVisca that much because of the virtual nature of things now, but... You know, how much do you want to over? You don't want to overload his plate, right, Bucky? Early in his career, I mean, he, at some point you got to open it up and do a bunch of different things with him. But I guess the question is, how much can he handle early? Well, I think the easiest way to get him going is assume that he can't handle the entire playbook. Man, put eight to ten plays on the side of the game sheet that are just designed to get the ball to Chenault, because he has been able to do a bunch of different things throughout his collegiate career quarterback, take the ball on sweeps, bubble screens, and those things. Those are easy things to get him the ball in space and allow his natural talent to take over. So if he's not quite ready to be the full-time guy, have a handful of plays, a little small menu that allows him to get on the field and make contributions while he's learning how to play the position. Excited to see it. We'll um, see if that can translate here in the, in the National Football League. Let's touch... Uh, on this Colts defense, and it's a group. I mean, they went out and and paid DeFor or got DeFor DeForest Buckner, spent some draft equity to get him. Obviously, uh, Darius Leonard is there. They have um, a good secondary. This is a, a pretty formidable defense too. Using the word formidable again, um, it's a group that they felt like they were pretty darn close. So they went out, Bucky, and and got DeForest Buckner in there and, and spent a lot of equity to do it. Yeah, spent a lot of equity in there. But, uh, J.P., John, the, the, the most important positions on your defense are the guys who can get after the passer on the inside and the outside. Where they have Justin Houston on the outside, now they give him DeForest Buckner on the inside, a guy who can disrupt it at the point of attack. That is critical. The other thing that they have to be able to do, they need better coverage. Matt Eberflus, their defensive coordinator, look, he's a Rod Marinelli, Lovey Smith, disciple. They want to play some Tampa 2, some man-to-man. -man. But if they can dictate the terms, if they can cover you in man-to-man, -man, they'll live in it all day. But do they have enough? Xavier Rose was a signing that 
We're still waiting to see how that works. You have Xavier Rowe, Rocky Sin. Can the Jaguars take advantage of those guys on the island? Yeah, uh, if you can get the ball out there, maybe they uh, have, have an advantage there. John, you know, you got a guy like Darius Leonard running around. Um, we know his story. Small school guy, was first team all pro. and um, that, That's a guy you got to follow all day long because he's going to be everywhere, it seems like. Yeah, they're a little like the Jaguars in the sense that they believe they have a top five linebacker for. They believe they're a very good linebacker. And with DeForest Buckner, they feel like they can stop the run, disrupt Justin Houston. And then they're not so sure about their secondary. It's a young secondary with uh, Malik Hooker, uh, fourth-year mm-hmm. guy, but has been hurt a little bit. He's still very young. Um, you know, Again, the Jaguars need to be able to run to get themselves into positions where they can take advantage of, you know, I don't want to say secondary is the Colts' weakness, but it's probably not their strength. So they need to be able to give Minshew some time to take advantage of some matchups. And getting back to Chenault, I think that is where they will try to do things against that Colts' defense. Going way back to the draft, Keenan McCardle was specific on, you know, on Chenault saying, hey, even when he can't know the plays or be a great route runner yet, he has playmaking ability. So I'd be surprised if they don't try to do something with Chenault against a Colts secondary that uh, is something that they should be able to attack, provided they can get in the right situation. Sounds like fun to me. We'll see if the Jags offense can take advantage. Uh, we'll come back. John, we'll be back with you in just a little bit for um, big game Jaguar. I know you're looking forward to that. So get your entry ready for that game coming up. Uh, when we return, though, Jimmy Luck joins us. Head equipment manager will unveil what the Jaguars will wear in the home opener Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. And we're halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hey jacksonville this is joey d from bonos i just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms we appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis for over 71 years we have been here for you through good times and bad our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon be safe Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks from his home studio 
out in California and it is time to hear from the head equipment manager. Our good friend Jimmy Luck joins us again on Wednesdays this year. He's at TIAA Bank Field. Jimmy, yep. what's up, man? Just hanging in there, getting through it, getting ready for uh, week one. Didn't, didn't really yeah, think we'd right be here back the... in uh, May, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's funny how it works. All of a sudden, here we are. Um, you're going to throw all the equipment out there on Sunday and play some football. It's been, I'm sure, training camp with all the protocols and everything, Jimmy, has to be uh, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but, you know, everybody's chipped in. Everybody's doing their part. The medical staff, um, video guys setting up virtual meetings, us doing more cleaning and stuff. Like, everybody's done done their part, and it's really been a true team effort. And uh, I can't thank everybody enough for, you know, pitching in and trying to get this thing going. You know, it's why we're all here, and hopefully uh, we can get the whole thing in. You know, Jimmy, when you think about the game day operation, because we haven't seen it, you haven't had a, a real trial run in the preseason. How much different will it be for you guys in terms of you and all your assistants running around, making sure that the players and everybody have what they need with the protocols that are in place to keep everyone healthy? It, uh, it, it is a little bit nerve wracking not having had those kind of dress rehearsals so far. Uh, that always makes you feel a little bit better when, you know, you get a home and a road under your belt and, you know, now the, everything's for real. We really hadn't had that, even though, you know, you go out and you communicate to the players, hey, what do you want to wear on game day? It's all of a sudden it's game day and, you know, their mind's <laughs> in a totally different place. And we just try to stay out of their way and get them on the field and get them going. So, um, you know, whether that's, you know, trying to work through it or last minute putting something together. So, but, you know, we'll get it done. Jimmy Luck with us, head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of the, um, at least early in training camp, I know a few guys were trying out the new visors. Well, not the visor, but the face shield underneath the visor. Um, how many guys are still having that? I know that was a new addition this year that uh, I think Oakley created it. And uh, how has that gone? How many players do you think on game day might wear that? Well, the guys that have tried it have kind of liked it. Um, it's definitely a different kind of thing, especially down here in the heat. Um, you know, it's designed to be worn with the visor and the, and the mouth shield as, as a complete unit. Um, but with the heat, you know, guys sometimes get a little leery on that. So it, it, we won't see a lot of those guys, but we'll probably have a handful, four or five. Um, we may have some guys start out with them and then take it off during the game. Um, but again, it's just one of those feels it's, it's something new guys have tried it. It has been pretty hot. So, People hadn't been real excited about it, um, but they also have the option of wearing like uh, like some little mask that we have. Um, New Air has provided for us, and we've got some neck gaiters that guys will wear. Um, pretty much every every staff and coach will have something on, and then the players kind of have that option, uh, whatever makes them feel most comfortable. You know, Jimmy, it's, it's funny that you brought up the, the neck gaiters and the mask because not from a player standpoint, but coaches – so much of what they do is communicating. How are they mm -hmm. adjusting to having their face covered up and uh, that stuff when they're trying to communicate and talk to their players? It, it has definitely been a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, guys have it on. It sounds a little bit muffled. Uh, it's amazing, too, how much you realize that even though you hear them, how you kind of read lips. Um, so we've actually got some face shields, too, that you can, like, hook to your hat and it kind of comes over. 
Um, you know, I don't, again, that's, those are a little hotter because everything's kind of kept in here and, you know, you're breathing in and out and it keeps it there, but we've got options for everybody. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things you kind of learn to get used to. Um, you know, uh, coach, the Decamillis, he has kind of tried those out. He might try it this weekend. I don't know. kind of depends on the heat, but he's a yeller and screamer. So you kind of got to block some of his stuff <laughs> off. We all, we all know how fiery he can get. Right. You can hear him uh, with or without the mask. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I didn't realize how hard of hearing I was until the pandemic came along here with all the masks. Um, all right. Now it's time. Bucky, I know you're, you're new this year with us and we're glad you're here. So this is the segment every week where Jimmy Luck unveils what the Jaguars will wear this coming Sunday. And so, Jimmy, if you would please, what will the Jaguars wear on kickoff weekend against the Indianapolis Colts? All right, so we're going to go with, let me dig it out of the bag here. So we got the white pants. Ooh, clean. Okay. White pants. Clean. And then we will go with the white jerseys. So with it being a little warm, there we got the Captain Minshew there. So, Look at uh, that. So we got that. He's got the one star. He's a captain now. Um, so everybody can, uh, we'll see those. And with it being a little warmer early on in the year, we we do wear the white uniforms a little bit more often. And then uh, there might be some prizes, some surprises coming down the road. Oh, really? I Ooh, like that. Maybe you know, got to keep everybody. It kind of got out earlier that everybody we were wearing all white, so I got to try to keep a few things close to the vest. <laughs> well, we'll have the exclusive announcement, Bucky, every week right here on this show moving forward. And, and apparently, Jimmy has a future in TV. Sad. Zone's not on here with me. Um, I, I didn't realize he wrote a book. You know, uh, that's interesting. I didn't even know he could read, but let alone write a book. So <laughs> wow. I saw that on his oh, shelf Jimmy. back there. That's, that's amazing. But I'm going to have to maybe get on a, a private Zoom call later with him or a Teams call and talk through some of that. Yeah, I'm sure you, you might get a call from him. <laughs> Uh, him and Frisco wrote it. No, Zone's, Zone's my guy, though. He knows I'm joking with him. There he is. Wow. See, there's the book back Incredible. The back. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jimmy, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. We'll appreciate talk to you again next week, man. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager. Uh, speaking of John Osher, he'll join us back here in a moment, Bucky, and we will play... Big Game Jaguar, only because I thought of that name this morning. That's subject to change. It's a, it's a work in progress. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on this Wednesday on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. 
DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization. That's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Happy hour. The Jags have introduced Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jags game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. And each Sunday, you'll have the chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com and enter to win each Sunday. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier is back with us. And I must say, Bucky, that uh, Jimmy Luck just dropped the hammer on John at the end of that last segment. Yes, he absolutely did. I didn't know Jimmy was going to come well, so apparently hard. this means nothing. You... So, I mean, let's just get that out of there. <laughs> get all these books. All these books have been faking forever. I got a dictionary, for goodness sake. Dictionary, forget about that. I'm going to go talk to Luck tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's making McCall tonight. It's coming down. That's a oh, wow, jeez, I love it though. Uh, I love the passion. At least um, we'll see. This could be an ongoing feud. This might be. This might have been. We just, might have just planted the seed, Bucky, for the rest of the season with these two. Um, let's get to a new game. We're gonna play every Wednesday or whenever I guess we feel like it. But we're gonna start today, and this is a working title. But I'm, I'm calling it Big Game Jaguar. And we're going to pick our player to have a big game for the Jaguars. Very original. Bucky, get us going. Who you got? Okay, we've talked about it. They have to, the Jaguars have to stop the run. So Joe Schobert is my guy. He look, he is a guy that can control the tackle and tackle box. His ability to play Mike linebackers allows Miles Jack to move over to his natural position. So not only as a communicator and a tackler, but his presence should allow other players to play at their best. I need Joe Schober to have a big game this week against the Colts. Yeah, John, it's he, he came in in free agency. He played four years in Cleveland. Has a bunch of tackles, by the way, in that time. I think fourth or fifth most in the league in the last few years. So uh, he has experience in this league. And, you know, we just – it's unfortunate. The same conversation comes back up. We haven't been able to see it a lot in the offseason. So – I think people are, are people are anticipating what this is going to look like with Schobert, John. Well, one theme we have hit on a lot. Anybody's talked about the Jags all offseason. Schobert coming in is is a solidifying presence, and then Miles moving to the outside 
is a second solidifying presence because last year a lot of Miles' mistakes, everybody's written the guy off that he can't play anymore. A lot of his mistakes were because he was trying to cover up for inexperience around him. If you solidify two positions where there's fewer mistakes like that, fewer breakout plays, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Schobert's tackling ability, his ability and coverage to get those things right. But if you just reduce the number of breakdowns on the middle level of the defense, you can cut out a lot of those breakout runs. And again, give up a first down on a breakout run and not give up a touchdown, keep yourself alive defensively. It, it, that can make a huge difference in a league where a lot of games are decided by one or two possessions. Yeah, so there you have it. Joe Schobert for Bucky this week. Johnny O, what you got for us Sunday? Well, I went with kind of an obvious one. I steered clear of offense because I think the offense is going to play well. I mean, Gardner Minshew is the guy who has a big game, obviously. But Josh Allen, what I want to see from Josh, it's not necessarily about him winning a specific matchup, I want to see him getting up and walking away from Philip Rivers on the ground and not having Philip Rivers. I love Philip Rivers, but I don't want to see Philip Rivers with all his, you know, talking smack and you know, all that. Get Josh Allen in his kitchen, get him rushing him, make him fumble. Josh Allen, to me, is the foundation piece in the future of the franchise. He's the best top 10 pick this franchise has had probably in two decades. Let him start being the superstar that he is. Have him be on Sports Center. I want him talking to whoever's doing live shots nationally, talking to players. He needs to be the star on Sunday. Yeah, and we know, Bucky, what happens when uh, it's, it's tough to get into Philip Rivers' head um, because he is one of the all-time classic smack talkers. Yeah, he is one of the all-time great smack talkers. But what you can do is you can change and disrupt his rhythm. Uh, the Jaguars need to disrupt the rhythm and the timing of this passing game. And we know this. Phillip Rivers will turn the ball over. And the best way to force him into some of those bonehead turnovers, pressure. We have to get pressure on him consistently. But for us to do it, it's going to take stopping the run and putting him in obvious passing down. So it's a collective effort. But Josh Allen does need to be a big part of that effort. Yeah, so there you have it, Josh Allen for John Osier this week, Schobert for Bucky. Uh, I'm going to go with the undrafted rookie, James Robinson at running back. He's uh, first in the depth chart, and they've been talking him up, obviously, all week long so far, a lot of the camp as well. Chris Thompson has said he's got the best vision of the running back room. Well, we'll see. I mean, he had over 4,400 yards rushing in his career in college, small school, Illinois State, but... We'll see if he can come out with the lights come on and, and really step in and play because, yeah, they want to throw the ball, I think, a little bit more than they have in the past, but you still have to run the football, Bucky, to be effective in this league, and James Robinson is going to be a big key. So I'm going with the, with the youngin' back there at running back, Bucky. Yeah, look, hopefully he is ready for it. He can shake off the nerves very, very early. It's going to be a big change for him because he is now going from being a small school player to now being on the big stage playing his first NFL game and playing as a starter. So if he can settle in and how quickly he settles in, that is going to be the key. We would like to see him have a 100-yard game. But if not, just know Chris Thompson is in the bullpen. They could share the duties until he's comfortable and ready to really take it over. 
Yeah, I think we'll see uh, a bunch of those guys out there on uh, Sunday. We'll see what happens, obviously, the rest of the week with Ozigbo. We'll follow that injury report development that uh, came up today and, and see what the, the status is Thursday and Friday. There you have it. Uh, and big game Jaguar. Is that name going to stick, Bucky? What do you think? No? Does it? I mean, why not? Why not? Big game Jaguar. Hey, just keep it simple. We talked about reduce the amount of errors on defense. Well, that is one way to reduce the errors. We're talking about big game Jaguar. Which Jaguar is going to have the big game? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> and uh, that way, <laughs> we're not as wrong as we might be uh, otherwise. Uh, let's finish with a look around the league, and a former Jaguar got paid today. The Brinks truck arrived in Los Angeles for Jalen Ramsey. Five years, $105 million extension, averaging $21 million a year. John, let's just hope his back stays healthy. Yeah, good things happen to good people, JP. So let's just hope, let's just hope his back stays good, and, uh, you know, best wishes to two of them. Look, man, it's a big deal. Uh, the Rams had gave up a lot to get him, so you knew they had to pay him. And boy, did they pay him. We saw with Jadavis White signing the deal, we knew Jalen was going to come in at a big number, and he did. Earlier, uh, Clowney to the Titans. They were uh, talking about a, a sign and trade with the Jaguars involved with that one going to the Ravens, but he ends up in Tennessee. And, of course, Watson signs the extension with the Texans. Two big deals in the division, Bucky. Yeah, two very big deals. The Javon Clowney deal gives the Tennessee Titans another bully to add to their mix. This is a team that really wants to beat people up. He does that. I don't think he's an A-level pass rusher, but he's certainly disruptive. And then with the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, signing a mega deal, it just ensures that this division is going to remain very competitive with the quarterbacks that you have in it. Deshaun Watson is maybe at the top of the list. Yeah, John, that's a big one down in Houston. You get the quarterback locked in, and, and he's there for a little while. Well, it was not as long of a deal as the uh, as Mahomes in Kansas City, but uh, still very important to, to lock that guy up in Houston. Well, it's critical, and this is a big year for him to show what he can do without Hopkins there. He's clearly the franchise. I've been writing all week for a couple of weeks that, to me, the Texans are always the strangely overlooked team. Every year, people think they won't win the division. And they've won it four out of the last five years. Deshaun Watson is supposed to be the best quarterback in the division. To me, they're the favorites until they're not. But he has to now show, okay, I'm the franchise guy. No matter what's around me, you can build around me. And early in his career, they've, they've had some offensive line issues there. they got Tunsil in there now. Maybe that helps keep him upright and, and maybe not having to run around as much as he has earlier in his career. Horrible news out of Denver, not just for the Broncos, but I think for the, for the entire league with Von Miller injuring an ankle tendon on the final snap of yesterday's practice, likely ending his season. This guy is a face of the National Football League, Bucky, and, and to have him go down days before the opener is just a, a, a really a tragedy for the league. Yeah, it is a tragedy for the league. I mean, this is one of the best players, one of the best pure pass rushers that we've seen uh, in this decade, and he's been a dominant player for most of his career. I think the bigger thing, every coach, every front office took notice. This is the fear that every team has heading into the first week of the season. Can we keep our guys healthy getting into the regular season? We've had such a abbreviated training camp. 
John, he, he has so much impact on young pass rushers in the league. We've seen that firsthand with Ngakwe going after him. And, of course, Josh Allen spent time with him at the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah, I mean, he's – I've never actually talked to him. I don't know him. But everything you see is that he's a fantastic, you know, leader, face of the league, et cetera, et cetera. You never want to see a guy get hurt. And it also shows what uh, Bucky just said. No matter how you approach training camp, practice, no matter how light you keep it, it is a sport where big, strong men are moving very fast all the time. Injuries are going to happen. The Cardinals have doled out some money to receiver DeAndre Hopkins, a new five-year deal. He negotiated this deal himself, by the way. Um, a two-year, $54.5 million extension with $27 million of new money. Uh, some other reports have it, a five-year deal, $94 million contract with an $18 million average. Either way, Bucky. Um, first off, he got paid. Great. Second, he did it himself. He negotiated the thing himself, which is remarkable. It is remarkable. And what's even more remarkable, DeAndre Hawkins said he wanted to take on the challenge of negotiating the deal himself because he has aspirations of being an NFL general manager. So we'll see how this works out. But we're seeing more and more players kind of take ownership of the negotiating process. Hats off to DeAndre Hopkins for taking on the challenge and trying to set himself up for a second career. Great player, obviously, John. But, yeah, you don't see that often, uh, John, when a guy really kind of takes over his own negotiation. A lot of times, if they do, it doesn't go that well. But this one seems to. Well, no, because you can save the agent fee. And the yeah. school thought, okay, if, if I lose a million in the negotiation, I make it up with the agent fee. So, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, uh, so a lot of places obviously have state tax involved, and then you have the agent fee on top of that. That's, uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, going out the window. That'll do it for our look around the National Football League today. And, hey, the Jags and the Colts coming up Sunday. Bucky, what's your gut on this game? What, what kind of uh, – I'm going to tell you to, to predict the game, but what kind of a game are you expecting to wrap us up? Uh, I'm expecting it to be a little sloppy at the beginning, but I'm expecting uh, a physical affair. And I actually think that this is a game that kind of plays into the Jaguars' hands. Because you haven't had any film on Jay Gruden, that offense, we really don't know how the pieces of the puzzle fit on defense. I think the Jaguars will make this a very, very competitive game more than anybody would expect based on what we've been seeing with 16 rookies on the roster. Yeah, Johnny O, I'll ask you the same thing. That's, um, you know, it's a tough one uh, because we haven't seen either one of these teams in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. I have a tough time picking the Jags in this game just because they're so young, and the Colts, I think, are, are going to be good with Rivers. I could see the Jaguars struggling early because of, of the youth. Uh, the Colts getting a little bit of a lead. I've picked it a couple of times as like 35-31 type score with the Colts. I think the Jags will be down a little bit. But I like what Doug and a lot of the players I've talked to have said about the adversity. They believe this team's going to be strong under adversity. I think the Jaguars come back, give themselves a chance. And maybe, again, because of that little lack of experience, fall a bit short. But I think you'll feel good, especially on offense, about this team after the game. Yeah, it could be a, a tight football game. Curious to see if it's a, a running-type game. We, as we mentioned, the Colts want to do that. They have Phillip, who's 7-2 and two against the, the Jags all-time in his career with some great numbers passing as well. But 
Uh, we'll see if the Jaguars have that uh, grit to hang around. And uh, let's just get it on to the second half, into the fourth quarter. And then I think it's a, a close ball game at the end with maybe the last possession or two deciding this thing. In the high 20s, early, thir early 30s for me, I think that's the, where the score ends up. That'll do it for Jags Happy Hour. Bucky, well done again. We'll talk to you again uh, on the post game. You're going to be on um, the scoreboard Absolutely. show with us here. So you're taking phone calls. How about that? Oh, that should be fun. Oh. That should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Johnny O, we'll talk to you a little later in the week. For John Osher, Bucky Brooks, I'm J.P. Shadrick, and our entire crew, uh, thank you for watching. We'll catch you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network.